Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're going to take a look at a report from Headset on the Oregon Market Industry Report, as well as another report on the Oregon's flower pricing trends. So in order to compare Oregon, we're going to take a look at the current state of cannabis sales by U.S. market. So looking at this graph of the second quarter of 2020 recreational cannabis sales by state, Oregon falls somewhere in the middle of California and Colorado, Nevada, and Washington, but has been growing the fastest clip at over 50% year over year, showing that the state's market has quite a bit of momentum moving into the second half of 2020. To give some historical context to Oregon's recent quarter sales, we're going to show some West Coast sales recreation month by month. So from January 2020 to July of 2020, Oregon sales grew 49.8%. That's from 62 million to 94 million, which outpaced California's growth of 16% by three times and Washington State's growth of 24% by almost twice. All right, zooming out on a higher elevation for the 2020 West Coast state cannabis sales growth, you can look at year-over-year sales growth by month. You can see a few interesting trends. So the first is how Washington and Oregon cannabis consumers responded to the outbreak of COVID in the U.S. during March. And despite businesses and supply chain issues with retailers, sales in those two states actually accelerated during the pandemic, with Oregon peaking at almost 62% year-over-year growth in sales during March. And conversely, the California market had a sudden and precipitous drop in growth during the pandemic. It's unclear if the fall in growth has bottomed out yet. I'm inferring from the data that it's more than likely a result of the lack of tourism. No one's going to Disneyland. Parents aren't buying CBD and THC products. So um, lack of tourism is probably the result in you know, year-over-year sales being a half of what they were previous to the pandemic, whereas Washington and Oregon are somewhat steady and flat. Um, Washington actually has an uptick of about 10%. So more people are buying. We never relied on tourism. And so... That's why Washington and Oregon are probably outpacing and not seeing the the downturn that a lot of other states have, like Colorado, uh, Nevada, California, other states that rely on tourism. So next up, we'll take a look at the category sales mix by state to kind of see what categories consumers are spending. So looking at Oregon and Washington, very similar markets in terms of category consumer purchases, the only discernible difference being that Oregonians spend slightly more on flour and slightly less on pre-rolls compared to consumers in Washington. I'm not really sure why we love our pre-rolls up here. I find it interesting that the top demographic for pre-rolls is Caucasian women 50 and older. I always assumed that it was younger individuals, 30s, 40s, predominantly male that were hanging out, but maybe it's the soccer mom that doesn't want to pipe or doesn't want to get something that's going to be too high for too long, like an edible and afraid of overdosing. Um, It's hard to infer from the data. There's a lot of different reasons, but uh, interesting nonetheless. All right, diving into Oregon's category sales mix for the trailing 12 months to see how Oregon category sales are trending. So we can take a look at the category sales mix in Oregon by month over the past year and see two interesting inflection points that changed the trajectory of category sales. So the first was in August and September of 2019 when the illicit vape pen products caused a lot of issues. So the temporary ban for a lot of consumers that would typically buy vape pen products saw a sharp drop in vape pen sales. So the vape pen category sales shares stabilized at around 14% of total sales in Oregon. So the second event that changed the purchasing behaviors was the pandemic in March and April of 2020. 
So we can see that edible sales and flower sales temporarily increased as consumers were looking for safe and cost-effective ways to consume cannabis during the initial shutdown. I think people were initially buying flour in large bulk to hoard it, but they weren't smoking, right? And so obviously they were maybe leaning more towards edibles as we saw in the data, whether that was because they wanted something to last longer throughout the day, they weren't working, reducing topical tinctures and going more towards edibles. It's hard to say, um, why people were making those decisions. We just kind of see that with the data. So which groups were driving cannabis sales? We can break down second quarter 2020 de demographic sales by state. So millennials make up half of recreational cannabis sales in every state, followed by Gen X who account for about a quarter. And the remaining fourth of sales are primarily split between baby boomers and Gen X. So it's important to note that Gen X is the fourth largest group in terms of sales, but by far the most rapidly growing as the consumers in this segment are aging into the market. So put that comment into perspective, we can look at July sales and year over year sales growth and that Gen Z sales growth grew 139% year over year. The next fastest age group is millennials growing at 53% year over year. Breaking that down even farther, we can see that Oregon has the highest percentage of female customers out of all of the US states that headset covers, coming in at 39% of total customers. State with the second highest percentage of female customers is Washington, which has 36% share of total customers. We can see from this chart that male consumers spend relatively more on all inhalable categories like concentrates and flour and pre-rolls with the exception of vape pens. And conversely, female consumers tend to over-index their spending on non-inhalable categories like beverages and capsules, edibles, tinctures, sublinguals, and topicals. And this last chart shows the spend of concentrate consumers or which consumers are purchasing at least one concentrate item in a given month. So interestingly enough, in August of 2019, just before the vape crisis hit, we can see that concentrate consumers spent over 18% of their wallets on vape pen products, but this falls drastically. And by the time the pandemic crops up in March, they're only spending 11 and percent, which looks to be the new vape pen baseline for the consumers. So it looks like concentrate consumers are only buying their favorite category, which is concentrates. So despite Oregon being an older recreational market, it's still expanding rapidly, even when compared to West Coast neighbors, Washington and California, and we can expect to see this continue. So while Oregon has many category level similarities with Washington, it's fairly unique in terms of its demographic makeup and the highest percentage of total consumers who are female. Additionally, Oregon cannabis consumers have had unique reactions to events like the vape crisis and the pandemic, further enforcing the idea that Oregon is a distinctive cannabis marketplace. Seattle and Portland are very different. The eastern side of both states are primarily agriculture, uh, and the farther south you go, same thing. So both cities are the main metropolitan hub. And people in Portland, I found to be more of hustlers. So you'll have more LLCs and sole proprietors in Oregon, and people aren't afraid to compete against one another. Washington or Seattle, at least, individuals up here tend to come across as more philanthropic and want to help one another, but they don't really want to work with one another either. And so we've seen a lot of people go out of business. And even in uh, Oregon, some of the expansion didn't quite work out because of infighting or whatever the issue was. Portland also had a lot more production. So the same thing is going to happen in Oklahoma, but probably twice as bad. Whereas Oregon had 3,500 licenses and Oklahoma has 7,500, which was way too many. So for years, Oregon has had a glut in the market. And so now that the 1 billion 
uh, pre-roll equivalent in excess has kind of dwindled down over the last couple of years. They're going to have to reinvent themselves. And Portland is ahead of the market in, in a lot of ways. So I know that California typically leads trends, but Oregon does too. Uh, they were selling terp sauce in stores in 2015, um, CBD before anybody really had a availability or access to that. And they also have cannabis cafes like the Northwest Cannabis Club. So Oregon definitely is pushing the bar. Uh, they're just going to have to go through maybe the second wave to polish it up a little bit. All right, now we're going to shift gears and take a look at Oregon's flower pricing trends. So the crisis led to an unexpected deviation in insightful and normally predictable trends, such as preferred shopping times across the entire legal cannabis market. So Oregon's recreational cannabis market exploded since it was legalized in the second half of 2015, with the second quarter of 2020 sales growing over 50% year over year, the steepest increase out of all of the West Coast markets. Oregon's total recreational sales increased 49.8% between January and July of this year, rapidly outpacing the growth of its neighbor states of California and Washington. So we're going to take a look at this pandemic's impact on flower prices, and we can see an increase in the average item price, the average unit cost, and the average equalized price. And so the increase across all three measurements tells us that flour in Oregon is more expensive today than it was a year ago. So the average item price, which represents the pre-tax price a customer pays for a single product, is 19% higher today than it was the same time last year. So if you were to quickly look at that, you might conclude that it's due to higher pricing. However, if you dive into the data, you can see that it could represent a shift towards larger package sizes. The average unit cost has also increased 38% from last year. However, there's some uncertainty surrounding the exact reason for the rise in the average unit cost, since it could be related to either higher pricing or a consumer shift to larger packages. And then we can see an increase in the average equalized price or the average price per gram across all flower products, confirming the suspicion that flour in Oregon is indeed relatively more expensive now than it was last summer. The data allows us to confidently say that the increase in average item price and average unit costs were at least partly due to an increase in price. So by expanding the timeline to view the average item price and the average equalized price over the year, it's better able to visualize and examine the pricing trends. You can see the average item price increase in what appears to be a stair-step pattern with a significant rise between May and August of 2019 and a major peak in April of 2020. The apex occurred during the peak of the pandemic amid the stay-in-home orders, which is believed to have encouraged customers to shift their shopping habits towards larger purchases and less frequently in an effort to delay restocking and avoid public exposure for as long as possible. So there's a discrepancy between the average price per gram of flour and the average item price in April 2020, indicating that the best explanation for the average item prices surge is a consumer shift towards larger purchases. So looking closer at the price range within bulk transactions, you can see that a majority are greater than $20, indicating that when customers buy flour in bulk, they elect to purchase at least a few grams at once. This bulk size allows customers to choose the exact quantity of flour they want at a time of purchase and is one of the more unique aspects of organ cannabis market that differentiates them from other states. So after looking at the data, we're able to confirm that the pandemic influenced flower prices and consumer shopping behavior in Oregon. We can see a minor bump in flower prices and a growing affinity for bulk packaging with consumers making larger purchases and less frequently than the previous months. But time will tell if the pandemic will have a lasting or fleeting impact on flower prices in Oregon. Just gonna have to come back to the talking hedge and find out. With that, we're gonna roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid, this is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.